0: Say I'm understudy. Might say I'm over the top. But there's like no green water. So the pop is overstocked. they say amazing. Hey, oh hi everybody. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh it is Tanya, and I have a friend here with me today. Uh her name is Penelope. Walker. Hi. Now Penelope has been on the podcast before, and uh If I could remember what episode that was, it'd be so great because I could reference it for you. But we had a great conversation uh, a while ago. It was a hey girl, hey girl. Ah, yes, it was a hey girl, hey. And a great conversation. And I asked uh, Penelope to come back because she is a lover of film and movies and good TV. And uh, I really wanted to talk about that with her. Because uh, I think it's just such a great window into people to find out the things that they love and find out the things that draw them uh, in storytelling and, uh, again, the radical act of black women being themselves. So we're going to cover our favorites. Shipopo, that's my nickname for her. (laughs) Shipopo, do you remember way back in the day how uh, we used to always run into each other at the movies. <laughs> Do you remember?
1: I actually don't. I feel like we used to run it, run into one another, yes, yes. Yeah. but, like, on the street.
0: We'd run into each other <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> Not in our cars or... <laughs> on the corner. <laughs> on the corner. <laughs> uh, we would run it. So, okay, uh, um, me being from Western Springs, uh, Penelope being... Uh, uh, from a uh, close by suburb mm-hmm. broad Broadview mm-hmm. and um, then the sort of movie theaters in between and like I would come home from college and go see a movie with my parents and I would on occasion run into you and your mom having seen a movie Wow.
1: Yeah, right? That is, I mean, since the stroke, there's so many things I don't remember. Oh, my gosh.
0: No, don't no, feel sad. I do. I'm remembering that you told me oh, that. Oh, but
1: don't feel sad no. about
0: it. I, okay. Let's now, laugh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they threw their heads back and laughed. So, um, well... Uh, We would run into each other. We'd say hello. um. Is it like, were we at Yorktown? Yes, Yorktown Theater. Okay,
1: so maybe I do remember. Mm -hmm. Fuck that stroke. (laughs)
0: And so since then and moving forward, you know, I've just always known how much Penelope enjoys movies. And she does a great thing where she'll just put a like text thread out to a bunch of folks and be like, let's go see such and such. So she did that a few months ago with the movie Us, Mm -hmm. uh, Jordan Peele's Us and a bunch of us got together, went and saw the movie. Uh, one person showed up, Kim Schultz showed up, didn't know it was a scary movie, <laughs> hates scary movies, and was like, oh, dear God. And didn't know that she could stay. She might have to leave. Like right, she was like, I might need to go away. <laughs> um, anyway, so it's just, uh, and and she's one of my favorite people to see movies with, and uh, she's you know always able to sort of talk about what's current uh, pop culturally in terms of the things that everybody's watching or even some things sort of off the beaten path. So I just thought it would be so fun to exchange notes and find out what her favorite movies of all time are and sort of go from 10 to 1 and share with each other what our favorites are. And then we're going to talk a little bit about this um, 2019 past season. We're about to head into uh, Oscar Time uh, we had the SAG Awards. Penelope and I are actors and both members of the Screen Actors Guild, so the SAG Awards just happened last uh, Sunday. Did you watch? No, Neither I'm not. so sorry. No, <laughs> I, I was didn't like, either. is this
1: not going to help you for your podcast? I didn't
0: watch. I... Did you? Um, did you vote? No. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You got me so. No, you... I didn't vote either. For me, I have to be honest, not voting is an act of rebellion. Um, I did write one year when I thought uh, the awards were too white. Mm -hmm. Um, I wrote to the president at the time, who I want to say was, um, oh, what is her name? Jo Beth Williams? I want to say it was her. Okay. I wrote a letter. Didn't hear anything. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) that was an issue. But my act of rebellion comes more from the fact that what I kind of don't like about the SAG Awards is the fact that... uh, You know, it's the top, like, not even 10% of actors who are even considered for the SAG Awards. It's the entire union voting. Only the nominees and folks who can afford tickets are allowed to go to the awards ceremony. It feels like the most popular kids in school. Mm. And so I'm like, I will take the free opportunity to watch a lot of these things. But in turn, I don't feel like I need to vote for homecoming king and queen, mm. which may just be a, but hey, we're talking about inclusion, right? And so, or, you know, that's part of the things that I focus on in this podcast. And it, it's just, it's a not an inclusive process in terms of how the nominations work on top of the fact that the nominations end up being so white um, and ignoring so many talented actors um, of color or from marginalized groups. I kind of don't want to um, have anything to do with it in that way.
1: <laughs> also, when I was on the awards um, on the nominating, nominating. committee, I <clears throat> I am often looking for the thing the thing in a story that connects me to it, mm-hmm. right? The humanity of a story, yeah, any story, and. There was a time when, you know, very few stories of, you know, from people of color were even being made. True. So, you know, I had to find myself and and somehow I did because I'm not only in the business, but I was, I'm watching TV and, um, and movies and have been for years. Yeah. You know, um, it's part of the fabric of myself.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, uh. But the I lost my point. Well, you were saying that um, just the idea of like oh. because you didn't you didn't see yourself for a long time because those things weren't being made.
1: Yes. So being on the nominating committee and getting all of these movies in felt like uh, there was a point where I felt like oh my god, where are the movies? Yes. From the people? Yes. Of color? Yes. And that was a. Um, that felt uh, overwhelming to me, in a a sense. Like, yes, I'm a person that goes to the movies all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. I'll find a time in the week. I'm watching Mm -hmm. it at home. I'm Mm -hmm. streaming at home. But when it is a job, it is a part of being a part of this union, I all of a sudden became um, aware of something that I was like, oh, I I have to take a break.
0: Um, What I will say is... When I was on the nominating committee and because there was a deficit there, <laughs> I pretty much, unless it was just base and horrible, nominated anything that had people <laughs> of color in it. And when, it, when I, the last year or so that I did vote, I just voted for anybody black, is that wrong? I seriously did not care either the people who were black or people of color I was like best actor indeed Mm -hmm. I did not care (laughs) because you gotta break it somehow you have to break it somehow Um, so as you can see this is why um, I wanted to talk to Penelope about movies because she loves movies as much as I do and um, she can speak to them as a fan and also a person who's been in movies gosh darn it uh so i am scrolling to find the rest of these questions because you one of my questions you sort of naturally answered which is this idea of like what generally makes a film a favorite for you and you talked about the fact that it has to do with you know a story relationship you can invest in is that right Mm -hmm. that's very much for me as well like Mm -hmm. i i will always um, lean towards relationship in a story Um, and the sort of that give and take between folks or two folks or whatever it is, those tend to be the movies that really stand out to me.
1: Yeah, and how it makes me feel. Oh yeah. How those relationships make me, how they, yeah, Yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: I love it. (laughs) So uh, let's dig in. Let's, um, we're both sort of like relying on technology to find our lists and stuff. (laughs) Uh, so I think what we'll do is, uh, start with our number tens, um, and although you know what gosh now that i think about it i don't know if these are in order for me i don't, they aren't for me and I,
1: when you said it when you said we're gonna start from 10 to 1 and i thought oh you no were like, mm-hmm. oh no i was referring to my list like oh my God. what are they well
0: let's like just go with our gut so this okay. is not a scientific list of you know from 1 to 10 because i actually forgot to do it <laughs> um but i think i can kind of like off the cuff do it so uh Penelope, what of this list would you say sort of would be like if it had to be? It won't you won't hurt its feelings, I promise. What would be ten? Um if I just look at my list. Yeah. Um I love that this is a top ten list and I forgot to say
1: Yeah. I put just, them in order. Yeah, I didn't do that. At nor did all. I. Nor did I. Okay, well, you know, I'm gonna say Sound of Music. Oh. <laughs> oh. It is one of the my most oh. favorite, and one that I have uh, obviously grew up with, and did, started to wonder when I was getting older. Like, Mom, why didn't they um, broadcast? Sound of Music this year, oh, you right? know, like unaware of it aging, mm,
0: you know, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: and that's actually for many movies that would just come on on uh, at nighttime at eight p.m. What was it like the Sunday night movie?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I love that because um, that for me is a great memory. Sound of Music, and it is very much weaved into my high, my childhood memories. And yes, how those movies would come on. It was that like three hour block, yeah. and um, it's one of those movies you pretty much have to stop what you're doing and watch and um, sing sing along yeah. and knowing it backwards and forwards and um you know often so many of my favorites are related to actually people in my family and who i watch the movies with mm. and so we would all watch them my sisters my fam my parents um so yes that's a great one um uh fond, fond memories of that <laughs> as well um my number 10, of course, and, you know, I'm starting out strong. Oh, boy. This is probably actually not a 10, but I'm going to start with this one. Um, Raisin in the Sun.
1: Hmm.
0: Black and white version version with Ruby D and Sidney Poitier. Hmm. Now, uh, ooh, Raisin in the Sun, period, is just one of my all-time favorite pieces of art. Uh, the play, uh, there's a monologue Walter Lee says to his son, and it is... Just, you know, there are certain monologues in theater or film. August Wilson has a few. Um, Lorraine Hansberry in Raisin in the Sun that just break my heart open and Mm. just make me want to holla. And uh, Walter Lee's speech to his son is one of those. So Raisin in the Sun... Sydney Poitier, who not only looks like my father, mm. was introduced to me by my father. Mm. And almost was like his proxy in a strange way, it felt like. And he showed us lily of the fields and oh, lilies of that the one. fields. I
1: loved that. I loved one.
0: Um, yeah, so uh, Raisin in the Sun, for the story itself, for the beautiful performances, um, yeah, Raisin in the Sun. Um, are, are you gonna have all movies
1: with people of color and I'm gonna have all movies <laughs> I
0: <laughs> so love that full of white people no I'm not and you know what's funny it's like as I was going through my list I'm like okay there's a good number of films with black people <laughs>
1: because like, I I know you yes. and I made my list and I said oh my god my list is so white no.
0: <laughs>
1: Penelope's list so white hashtag.
0: <laughs> I absolutely had the same concern. I was like, "Oh no, Tanya! How can you be what you're doing?" And oh have-? my but goodness! But you know what? I grew up in a freaking all white suburb, and like, what you gonna do? We <laughs> didn't even have that many black films to refer to. Oh growing yeah,
1: I mean, growing up, I mean, I mean look it, that it wasn't even really a thing necessarily.
0: No. That well, I didn't know
1: it was a thing that I wanted and needed and needed and desired until I got much older and you know started working in the business
0: absolutely and
1: but as a kid I was you know give me all that stuff give me all
0: that stuff and and I mean I'll you know to bring it down a little bit I will say like like sort of what you said which is like when you are immersed in whiteness when you are immersed culturally or wherever geographically you don't know that you deserve more Mm. you don't know that you deserve your perspective to be reflected. Yeah, and and I think that I
1: didn't even know is an option for such a long for such a long time.
0: You also no, don't know at the time that you're that you are suffering from a deficit. Right, you know? right. It's only in hindsight. Right. So when I talk about these movies, I talk about them with the greatest of love. And no, they are not all black films. Um, but I have enough where I feel like I can keep my card. <laughs> <laughs> so then,
1: does that mean I have to give up no, my you cart? Get,
0: you do not. You get to love what you love. Okay. So what would your nine-ish be? We'll let's <clears throat> call them issues since we didn't actually.
1: Okay. Um, <laughs> this, uh, hmm. I don't know, Tanya. The number part makes Maybe me feel. Maybe the number
0: thing doesn't. You know what? But you know talk what? about the next one you want to talk about. How
1: okay, about that? I'm going to talk about 25th Hour. <gasps> 25th Hour, oh Spike Lee. Yep. And I think it was a book, right? And I didn't yes, read the book. I've read the book too. Um, And I thought that uh, um Norton at Norton and um rosario, rosario. yep I th- just thought it was a beautifully mm. made film. it was um it was I don't know what else to say about it, but i just I loved it, and I love Spike Lee's work, and yes. there were things in the story that felt universal in a way yes that um. I appreciate it.
0: You know, there's a thing with that film. So, Philip C. Moore-Hoffman is in that Mm -hmm. film. Barry Pepper, this amazing actor who got on, I don't know, love is right. Ooh, he's good. So, the thing about 25th Hour, for me, is that that film was right after 9-11.
1: And Spike
0: Lee is in conversation with 9-11 throughout that film. Mm. At one point, they're having a conversation in front of a huge window, and then he you realize the backdrop the entire time has been ground zero Zero. Mm. and he zones in on it and it's wow it's mind-blowing so this is about a guy who um is basically got busted for drugs and you know has to end up going to prison and it's sort of his last night um another thing about that film is it has one of the most stunning monologues i've Ever heard on film. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Mm-mm. Ooh. Now Brian Cox, who's currently in Succession, the father on Succession. Oh yes. He has a monologue at the end of that movie that is so spikely. Oh
1: yeah. The way it is delivered. Was he his father? Yes. Yes. It's
0: so stunning. That movie just moves me. Like And I like that
1: it's the story of a white drug dealer, as opposed yeah. to like, you know Yeah. We we see these um movies with black um, men being drug dealers and i'm, right. I'm pretty much tired of yeah, it yeah. and so that point of view i, I just i appreciate love that, it yeah i
0: love that you say that it's the point of view and he has to pay for what he did you know yeah what I mean? right there As are consequences there's co- actual consequences yeah. that, and it, it, it has that realization i think on the part of the norton character of like god i just freaking blew it man like almost like that recognition of just throwing away that privilege and entitlement that yeah. you have for what, yeah. you know? Uh, stunning film. And yeah, very Spike Lee in terms of all those um, cinematic elements that yes. he brings Yes, the, into the rolling and down the street. Yes, the, the trademark yeah. Spike The Lee. music, the jazz. Music, yep. His really lovely. His father's music. Um, <clears throat> good choice. Okay, so I'm going to say that my next film is uh, Terms of Endearment. Mm. Uh Terms of Endearment is one of those films. We were one of the first families to get cable. Um We were television. Too. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and VHSs, we were one of the That's first. So funny. And so these were some of the movies. Some of these are the movies that were on all the time that I would like watch and watch with my sisters. And Terms of Endearment is just brilliantly acted Mm. of course it has the stunning Shirley MacLaine scene yes when she's demanding her daughter's pills because her daughter who is dying is um, in pain Um, Jack Nicholson Debbie uh, Deborah Winger Jeff Daniels and it's just a—it's a story about mothers and daughters. It,
1: it and I love the way you talked about. I—I I said something about you know our humanity in mm-hmm. the in these movies, but you really talked about relationships. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely yes. a mother-daughter yes, a relationship movie. But yes, a mother-daughter relationship. Yeah,
0: mother-daughter relationship and how close it can be and how toxic it can yes. be. Um. And ultimately, how heart-wrenching it is. And um. Again, some of the most oh the scene where the sun says goodbye to her from her bed. I mean, come on. Yeah. It is heart-wrenching. It is one of those films like you can't watch and not cry as if it's the first time you've ever seen I it. Agree. Yeah. I agree. I agree.
1: All right. You what? did a good job on that. Well, thank you. Yeah, really good. And that is not on my list.
0: <laughs> what would you choose next?
1: Pretty um, Pretty Woman. I mean, I know it's problematic, perhaps, but I will have to say, <laughs> Julia Roberts grabbed me, and she is that movie. She is a force, she you know, is. she is a force to be reckoned with. Absolutely. And look, who doesn't want to be um, <laughs> swept up by. Whoever, you yeah. know, like, yeah. I am in love with you. Yeah. And um, it was definitely a fairy tale. It is the the modern-day fairy tale.
0: You know, I remember the revelation of Julia Roberts while watching that film. I remember watching her and being like, whoa, who <laughs> is that? You know? And the whole audience, I, I remember feeling the audience falling in love with her. Mm-hmm. Um, not just as the character, but as, like,
1: an yeah, an actor, a, an a actor star. like I want to see her. Yes, again yeah. and again and again. Yeah. and of course that was the movie. She that... knew how to play. She yes. knew how to seduce. She knew how to. She was nominated for that. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, but um, because it was a comedy, I guess people knew that you know she wasn't gonna win. But right, she, exactly. Awesome.
0: Yeah, awesome. Totally agreed. Still watch it anytime it's on. I do, too. Um, problematic as hell. <laughs> Has ruined many a woman's life because yeah. they think it's real. But oh well.
1: And I think it would have been more problematic had she been black. But... Uh. Oh, oh
0: yes. <laughs> But... You know, also, you know how... Have you heard the story about how initially that was a really dark movie? Oh, it was, no. It was like... I think its original title was like 3,000. And which is the amount of money that Richard Gere's character pays her to spend the night with him. Oh, wow. And it's dark and like, you know. Dirty. Dirty. Um Gritty. And then Gary Marshall changed it all up. and Wow. Isn't that funny?
1: I love that it was a comedy. Yeah, yeah, totally. I don't know that I would have been able to sit through something.
0: I don't think Julia Roberts would have been suited for it either. Ah, mm-hmm.
1: Right?
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, okay, so are we back to me? We're back to
1: me. We're, yeah? we're back to you.
0: We're back to you. Um, I'm going to go next with, um, The Big Chill. Oh, look at you. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. But also, see, you were afraid. Like, could it get whiter? (laughs) (laughs) Like, terms of endearment, Big Chill. (laughs) I spent so much time growing up watching movies that had, like, were so outside of who I was or ever going to be. You know, like, The Big Chills about these middle-aged white folks coming together, um, to, for a friend's funeral. Um, I think what captured my imagination about it was the writing and the relationships. This idea of these friends who knew each other sort of For so long, for yeah. so long. And there's a great scene where they're like cleaning up the dishes and it's pretty iconic, really. I'm um, cleaning up the dishes and they're dancing to um a song and uh, you know, it's got Clint Close, William Hurt, Meg Tilly, and it's just like Jeff Goldblum being so amazing that, uh, do you remember him in that? Yeah. Uh, wasn't, um, did you Kevin say his name? Kevin Klein. That's oh my God. Yeah. Like it's a ridiculous cast. Joe Beth Williams, um, who I wrote to complain about the sag <laughs> 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 But a wonderful movie dealing with Mary Kay Place, dealing with such adult themes. And the funny thing is I remember when I would watch that as a kid, never even imagining that I would encounter any of those things. Mm. It was almost like watching science fiction in a way. But I was totally fascinated by it. Wow. You know? So yeah, Terms of Endearment. Uh, And also, not Terms of Endearment, Big Chill. Did somebody die in that Yeah. Yeah, Oh, it was was another... I love good trivia, right? So the whole thing with that story is that um, the, Ke- so Kevin Costner is actually in that movie, but he got completely edited out. And the the uh, director, I think also writer, was Lawrence Kasdan, who subsequently put Kevin Ooh, Costner you know in that. a bunch of his movies. But the funny thing, so Kevin Costner got cut. Um, I think it was one of his first films. And uh, he had all these, he was in all these flashback scenes because he's the character that dies. But at the very beginning of the movie, um, uh, you see uh, images of the corpse being prepped for its funeral, and that's Kevin Costner's body. (laughs) Oh, but did
1: did they not show his (laughs) face? They didn't
0: show his face, and all his scenes got cut. Wow. But yeah, so Kevin Costner's technically in that movie.
1: Dang. Right?
0: (laughs) Okay, what do you have next?
1: Oh, goodness. When it comes to me, it it just becomes so hard. Okay... (laughs) um, Okay, so I'm going to name this movie, uh, it is Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh. It wasn't necessarily a great movie yes. or anything yes. like that, but it is from an era that um, I kind of clump a bunch of movies, yeah. um, uh, Close Encounters sure. and um, E.T., So they all sort of of feel the same, look the same, Mm -hmm. have a similar sound, um, and are science fiction sort of flicks.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I ever. I mean, I so know that story, definitely. And it was kind of scary. Yeah, there was. There's
1: something about scary movies when I was young. I would watch them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, without fear. Without fear. It was so easy. I mean, now I need a bunch of people in the room. Right. right. <laughs> and we need to pause it so that, you know, <laughs> I don't get too scared. Right, so, right. Uh, yeah, but Invasion felt like... um
0: Go, Go ahead. ahead. No, you nope, said, I don't have anything. Well, no, just um, who's in that? Do you have the names oh offhand? Oh, God. Yeah, I, no. It ain't a quiz. I'm not trying to, it just, because I'm trying to like jog my memory. No, but with I'm going to tell you
1: who it is. Uh, imme- you keep talking. Well, so. no,
0: I just know that that movie captured my imagination as a kid. Like, for me, that felt like it was a very real thing. Uh, like, that could happen. You know oh. what I mean? Like, <laughs> and that's right. how movies like that landed for me when I was a kid
1: so there were a couple of them and I'm talking about the ones in, in the, yeah, 70s, right. so I'm, the 70s so I'm sorry that I don't uh I don't know it's okay sorry all right it's all right maybe you're faster than I and am And maybe
0: um anybody listening if you want to like you know reach out on Facebook and oh 78 in the... ah that must be it cast oh ooh ooh. ooh. Ooh.
1: We're so close.
0: It's coming. Oh, oh Brooke Adams. Brooke Adams. Donald I- Sutherland. Jeff, Gold Jeff Blue. Goldblum. Jeff <laughs> Oh, Leonard uh, Nimoy.
1: Nice. Oh, I loved this. And I love these folks. Uh, and Brooke Adams. Like, I wanted to see her in so many so things. So many things.
0: But wait, was it Brooke Adams, was she ever in any of the Indiana Jones films? Or am I making that up? I don't know.
1: Oh, wasn't that? Uh... No, yeah,
0: it wasn't her. It was somebody
1: else. Yeah. I don't know who it was.
0: Sorry. Um, oh, maybe it was her. Eh, okay. I don't think so. We'll figure that out too. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Because you said it, I will naturally lean into it. Although if this was an actual comprehensive best of list, it would probably be second or first. Okay. Ladies and germs. <laughs> they, thems, and others. E.T. Oh, yeah. For me. Is the best movie ever made. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, oh, and the experience of getting to share that film with my girls and have them be just as riveted as I was is Were one they? Like, oh, my gosh.
1: How old were they when you showed it to them? It was,
0: them? Eh, I wanna say maybe Audra was nine, Andrea mm-hmm. was seven.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and everything about that film, all of Spielberg's bag of tricks are in that film, because it's one of his earlier films. Uh also it always strikes me that you know when Spielberg talks about that film he says it's a film about divorce hmm. because the mom is a single mom and the kids talk about the dad and it upsets the mom and it's almost as if like Elliot creates ET in a way hmm. um but for me it was just really it's been so interesting because that movie has a depth to it that as a kid you don't know what it is and then when you hear the filmma- filmmaker talk about it you realize, like, it must have something to do with that. Then it, for him, had more to do than it was just going to be an alien movie. Mm-hmm. No, it was this movie to talk about a kid who was yearning for something that he couldn't have through his father, you right, know? Right, um, So everything about it, I still sob hysterically. I love E.T. more than anything. Um, they recently released a commercial with Henry Thomas.
1: How do you feel about that? I'm a sucker. Okay. I was I like crying. when I saw the commercial, I was like <gasps> I mean, I really did gasp. Yeah. And was moved. Yes. And then I was mad that it was Xfinity. But
0: <laughs> I mean it's like, but then again, it's just like and if you ever go on YouTube and find Henry Thomas's audition, oh my God, he's doing a scene where like Steven Spielberg is off camera talking to him and saying like uh improvising with him mm-hmm. how and basically saying like we're taking E.T. away. And then Henry Thomas is like, as a kid, reacting, and um, he starts crying. It's so amazing. And wow. then at the end, Steven Spielberg, it's like old studio, um, head a studio. He's like, you got the job, kid. And the kid, <gasps> he got cast right in his there? audition. It's oh, amazing. that just gave it's me chills. It's so good. It's so good. Okay, what's yours? Um... Uh,
1: Silence of the Lambs. Sure. <laughs> Why are you laughing?
0: She says tentatively as I, if I might strike her. You know her. what
1: it is? It's just that my list is just oh so white. And um, and so I'm sitting with Tanya and I'm like, oh no, Tanya. But, oh. uh, but we've already established that at the and top, so established- I'm not even going to say that. Any- I'm, okay, I'm yeah, not gonna talk no, about. you
0: don't have to say that. And also, we're talking about good stories, right? Yeah. And that is the universal appeal. Yeah, I think... And that's think- what can mark a good story, is that very thing.
1: Yeah, I think that there were times... My father took us to the movies when I started taking us to the movies when we were very young. And I didn't always know what the movies were about that we right. were watching. and. I just knew he wanted to see them, and he took us with him. Yeah. And actually, I really appreciate it. Yeah, um, looking back on it, Silence of the Lambs was one of those movies where I felt like I was—I mean, I was older, but I than I was when he was taking me. But I—I I appreciated that I understood all of these levels yes. in which people can be in the world oh, and cool. it can exist and What do you mean you know, like, well, like like well like there is this man who was killing people <laughs> Oh, and yes, taking that. their skin right I mean there, that was just something I I had never fathomed right and I hadn't read the book isn't it a book
0: or I is it not um, maybe it's not Hannibal Lecter no you're right I think it is it, the character is recurring in in books Something uh,
1: like that, yeah. All right. Well, all I know is that it it kind of opened up another. It can, it opened up like the depths mm. of storytelling.
0: Ooh, yes, that know? is so interesting.
1: And and Jodie Foster. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I was just. I was really just amazed by the story. That's
0: when Jodie Foster was like the movie star of the minute. I right. think it was her second year in a row that she won the Academy Award. Oh, what was the first one? Um, for the movie which is a very, very rough movie. Mm. Can't, yeah accused the accused. The accused. Um so she won, I think like the first year for the accused or accused and and then she won again. And uh she uh yeah, that movie I have such a such a connection to watching that with my family that was one of those movies that was always on cable Silence of the yeah so -hmm. I remember watching that a lot with my dad and my sisters in the living room like Mm -hmm. even though we'd seen it a million times and it is one of those you can watch a million times yeah Um, and uh, yeah Miranda from Sex in the City is in it did you know that? (laughs) I don't think I do (laughs) she plays I think this is right I might have made that up but I'm pretty sure she plays um, Jodie Foster's friend Oh, nice. That's true. Right? I like Um, it. Yeah, that's a great film. It's a great thriller. Great sequence at the end when she's got the night scene glasses on. So good. Awesome. Great editing. So good. Yeah. Great choice. Um, I'm going to say next. I am going to say Kramer versus Kramer.
1: (laughs) That's awesome.
0: I mean, shit that's a good movie
1: talking about story of divorce
0: story of divorce story of um just so specific about this man from like the 70s who's just like got no sense of like an equitable household or res- you know respecting his wife as a person mm. and Meryl Streep is so good in it she won the Academy Award for it he won I believe Henry Tom or um no it's not Henry Thomas <laughs> What's his name? It's something very similar to Henry Thomas. But anyways, uh, Justin Henry uh, plays the boy, uh, and it's just so good. Joe Beth Williams is also in that film. <laughs> 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 She's appeared in many of my favorite films. So is is Drew Barrymore in that? No. Who? Which
1: one is she in? She's an ET. Yeah, but wasn't she one in, about a, 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 in a,
0: a divorce story? Oh my gosh, she is in such a good movie about irreconcilable differences. Oh, okay. With I was, thinking of, yes, I was Rock, thinking of her. Yes, I was thinking of her as you were
1: talking about Kramer versus Kramer. And then you said, and the boy was so good. I was like, oh,
0: no, that, <laughs> that was a boy. Wait a second, is it? And Ryan O'Neal's in *Irreconcilable Differences*. Is okay, it that is such a good movie. It's all from the kid's perspective Yeah, and right. parents, like, going at it through a divorce. Oh, my gosh. That is such a good movie. But, yeah, so, um, mom, 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 what was I just talking about?
1: What you, movie?
0: Well, you what were talking about. Oh, Kramer versus Kramer. Cra- Yeah, I was going to say
1: irreconcilable yeah.
0: differences. <laughs> that has just so many powerful scenes. Such I love the way you're acting. just a
1: bevy of information, Tanya. Like, I love the way you can call up so many things I- about so many different things well,
0: thank you and I have to say it comes from all that I have watched and it is a little bit of my superpower and it's a it's something i really sort of love to indulge so like anytime Bill and I are say like watching a law and order or something <laughs> I'm like I'll just like throw off the name of some random actor in it that's like playing a lawyer or somebody on the ju- the stand. Yeah. And I always know their name because I used to look at the credits and like memorize actors' names. Oh, and... wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it is one of my little um, hidden superpowers. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> um, okay, what do you got? Also, oh yeah, no, we're, um, once I've gone through these, I know we've done 10, so.
1: Uh, once you, oh, because you Cause only I, have, I did 10. okay, I didn't, I did 26 <laughs> 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 and I was so nervous. I was like, what is Tommy going to say? Should I tell her that I did so many? Um, okay. Uh, a movie that I watched all the time um, is 16 Candles. Yes. It is a problematic movie it now. Yes. And like all the things I watched not too long ago, and when I did see it, I thought, "Oh no, is was that really what they're saying? Is that really what they're doing?" As yeah. a as a young person, though,
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I did. I it was a movie that I watched all the time. Every time it was on,
0: absolutely. When we know better, we do better. Molly Ringwald recently wrote an essay talking oh, really? About the problematic stuff with 16 <gasps> Candles I want to find that, yeah, that is awesome I think it's the New Yorker, and she was like yeah, well cause she had her daughter watch it, and she was like oops, like she realized because like, basically like Michael, um, what's his name Michael, Anthony Michael Ma- Hall Anthony Michael Hall um, date rapes <laughs> the homecoming queen and Uh, Yeah,
1: she was drunk, and I thought she doesn't
0: remember what happened. It's terrible. And her boyfriend basically pawns her off. Yes,
1: yes. Yeah, it's problematic. It's as the
0: the, uh, racial stereotype type of the uh, Asian, the Asian character. Was he adopted by them, or was he He like like a a foreign exchange? Foreign exchange student of the grandparents, or something like that. Yeah. I mean, again, in those moments, like you can only sort of uh, recognize it and then that's how that's the sort of a conversation in the culture right like um do you continue to uphold some of these things that are beloved when you recognize
1: well it's funny because and you say uphold and i'm bringing this to our best all list and 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 it's not to say hey i think this is one of the best movies ever made uh, it's to say, this is one of the movies that I grew up watching. Absolutely. And, and recognizing that it is problematic.
0: Um, I am going to say, looking at my list. So I said Kramer versus Kramer. Um, I can't entirely put these in order. Um, Do the right thing.
1: Oh, awesome.
0: Which is a groundbreaking. Spike Lee film, his first film, really, that grabbed everyone's attention. Um, it is just the end-all, be-all in terms of what filmmaking can do. Mm-hmm. Um, announcing your voice creatively. Uh, introduced Rosie Perez to the world. The world. Um, and Samuel L. Jackson, who was early on a beloved actor um, actor for spike lee so mm. he has such a hand in bringing his to the um culture uh, but that movie changed my life that mm. movie changed my life that movie woke me up and in fact i believe that's the first time i heard the phrase wake up mm. which is a recurring phrase spike lee's wake you, up wake up wake up yes. up you wake up you wake up yes. you wake up and um it changed my life in the fact that it's almost like it it woke up who I was going to be as sort of a black woman in the world, just in terms of the issues we face, the anger, mm-hmm. being so removed from all of it growing up in an all-white area. Mm-hmm. It was like an opportunity for me to be immersed in it in a way that just like, thrust me into it, and um, I'm not kidding, it sounds cheesy, but I didn't long after that, I read, not long after that, I read Malcolm X,
1: Mm. it's like,
0: it literally started to wake me up, you know, Um, and it's just a stunning, stunning film, and I remember seeing it with a friend of mine, and afterwards, we just walked around the neighborhood we were in in silence, wow, because it was just so powerful, and I watched it again recently, and it holds up, it's an amazing, it's a masterpiece, and it enrages me that like Spike Lee still doesn't really, 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 really get I Get the recognition.
1: Do. Like, yeah. does
0: anybody really realize what a genius he is? Yeah, I don't think so. It's and I think of crazy. that he was
1: very outspoken as a young filmmaker yeah. at, about the Academy, uh, yeah. and I think that, and maybe even the industry. Mm-hmm. But I feel like uh, people were afraid of that, mm-hmm. and sort of just. Um, kind of kept him out of the conversation.
0: I think you're absolutely right. But I
1: really love that he has not let that um, stop him. Nope. His stories are still very rich and very relevant. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: And always that intersection of the story he's telling and how it immediately relates to what's going on today. He did it with Black mm Klansmen. He never lets his... I mean, I I wasn't a huge fan of the film Black Klansmen for various reasons, but he never lets his audience get away like sort of like from the back seat it's like you are in this mm-hmm. we are all driving and this is exactly how this movie relates to today yeah. wake up
1: yeah it's interesting like i feel like a couple of his movies do that i mean not a couple but i feel like uh he introduced the were I mean, those who are interested in listening and watching, yeah. do the right thing. I thought jungle fever, even. Absolutely. Um, and school days. School days. I, I thought that. Um,
0: I was Absolutely. Like, oh, wow. Talking yeah. about colorism? Good in black hair. Happen? And
1: I'm yes. so, I don't know. There's.
0: And I was learning things about myself as a black person through those films because I didn't have it growing up.
1: Yeah. Even
0: from my parents because their culture was different because it was a Haitian Haitian, background. And I will, we should go to you but I'm going to jump because we're talking about Spike Lee and I'll just throw out and say that one of the movies on my list is Malcolm X. Mm -hmm. um, Which I think is one of the most stunning films ever made. One of the most stunning performances ever by Denzel and Washington. he didn't win for that, right? No, he, Al Pacino was he not, did.
1: Was he... <laughs> <laughs> Scent not. of a woman?
0: Scent of a freaking woman. And was
1: he nominated for he it? He was nominated.
0: Mm-hmm. And it is
1: inexcusable.
0: <laughs> Beyond. There are times when you watch that film where you start to get super confused because you're like, how did they bring Malcolm X back from the dead? Mm. And then they like... And occasionally you'll see actual footage of him and it, it's... It's jolting and disorienting because he has so taken taking him on yeah. by the end of that film. Yeah. I think Denzel Washington's a national treasure. I, I just, I couldn't, cannot speak enough to that man's talent. And um, Malcolm X is, I, and that is enough. He has those moments at the end. I'll just say it. It's been out for a while, folks. So I'm going <laughs> to spoil it. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Towards the end. And all of a sudden you're jolted into a classroom and these kids, these young black kids, um, stand up and say, I am Malcolm X. I am Malcolm X. And then it goes all the way to South Africa and kids in the classroom of South Af- in South Africa. I am, Ma- I mean, it is absurd. What a powerful film that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's mine. So that that is pretty much an ode to Spike Lee because I think he's a genius and, um, I get something
1: out of all of those films. I do, too. Yeah, yeah. What you got next? I have The Matrix. Nice. The Matrix. I remember seeing the first film, and I thought, oh, my goodness, what is happening here? (laughs) And it's interesting because initially, I'm not a religious person, but initially it felt so... um, Almost like he is the savior Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of this first film that I thought, wow, maybe God really does exist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like uh, like my childhood had a lot of God and whatever, but it was different. Right. It was like an introduction to God. I am God. Right. Mm -hmm. Or like God in myself or understanding that the answers lie in ourselves or uh, we are enough or any of those things. Right. So um, it just really made me feel like, oh, I I can do more. (laughs) I can. um, I mm, have the power And, you know, I'm ending all these with question marks because he was also still questioning, like, what are you talking about? You know, even when the oracle would come and say, "Um, it's you or you're you're the one. And he'd be like, "What bullshit, you know, like whatever. And I don't know. And just the whole the whole whole series is about which pill will you take? You Mm -hmm. know, which. And, you know, we can ask ourselves those questions.
0: I love that Lawrence Philburn, (laughs) Lawrence Philburn, that's not his name, Lawrence Mm Fishburne played that role because I don't think it was originally intended for him.
1: Oh, really? I
0: don't think so. Um trying to remember off the top of my head, but I believe another actor, a white actor, I think, I might be making this all up, but I believe a white actor was originally cast in that role, and then um, it went to Laurence Fishburne, and there's something really powerful about, although, I mean, I guess it could slightly fall into the magical Negro trope, but I don't know. I don't know that it does. Somehow only because, it doesn't, right? Well, maybe it could. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I was thinking, no, be, I think that they were, I feel like they were doing something, in regards to um, uh, having having the palette, the film palette wasn't all white, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, but you're I was going to say the Oracle, but she was also black and she, she was also, magic.
0: And she happened to have a little <laughs> magic. Well, you know, we all do our best. But, yeah, you know, um, I think so too. But mm-hmm. it's, that's what's funny about those is that it's, it's all, it is, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's on an individual basis, right? Mm -hmm. Because there are times where even though a black character can be closely kind of related to this trope of the magical Negro, it depends on the storytelling. Mm. Because I I think even just from what I know about The Matrix, there is so much that Lawrence Fishburne gets to do in this role Mm -hmm. that ultimately it does begin to to defy... um, the magical negro because the magical negro is limited and the magical negro only serves the story for the white person and you would be able to speak to it more than i but it, he's just such a presence in that film unlike say a michael clark duncan from mm, green mile
1: he was really only serving he was
0: only serving that and you don't remember him in the way that you remember just the even the powerful image of Lawrence fishburne and
1: images. and you know i mean what was his name duncan was Michael, Michael Clark, Clark Duncan, Duncan was, I mean, he was a person going to jail. Yes. I mean, he was, person going I mean, to jail. literally locked
0: up. No power. Yes yeah, no power. Except for po- the power that he could offer to right. the right person. Right, So that's where, anyway, so I do feel it's, it's not a monologue. Yeah, Morphe,
1: Morpheus was doing something else, I felt like. Yeah, it you know, it's and, like and, that. And, um, yeah, I don't
0: know. So I have a. I have, I will, okay, so... Um, I'm I'm coming close to my sort of like regardless of the order of this list, these are the ones that would have been on top. I will briefly mention this amazing amazing French film called Betty Blue, introduced to me by k Todd Freeman, mm. which is a stunning film about a relationship and the woman losing her mind. Um gorgeous stunning film that made me feel super fancy because mm. um it was, it was in a French film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the first star wars film which Mm -hmm. i directly relate to my relationship with my father because he took us to that Mm. um so that movie gives me chills and memories of that relationship give me two of yours that you can buzz through a little
1: um i'm going to say um one of the foreign films was uh Lives of Other People, The Lives of Others. It was a German film. Yeah. Um, I think that they were listening. I want to look it up because I don't want to get it wrong. Um, It was about um, a police, some sort of KG. uh, They're not K, that's the Russian. Spies. (laughs) Some sort of spy listening in to see if this other person was loyal to the country. Uh huh. Uh, And I just thought, I thought his the the police officers um humanity like he t- wasn't all police like yeah. he, you could he his person broke through at, nice. by the end of this story and cool um and, and his it, compassion
0: do you get to see his relationships or is it still in relation to his work but somehow his humanity comes through yeah that's cool the outsiders which is the end-all be-all film oh is me. that with the young pre Youngest. Yes. Uh-huh. That was with um the brat pack, essentially, the birth of the brat pack, Matt Dillon, C Thomas Howell, Patrick Swayze,
1: was Ralph
0: Emilio Estevez, Ralph Macchio. Um that and beyond the fact that that's my favorite book ever.
1: Uh, so that
0: that uh beautiful movie, book cracked open my imagination. I used to what I didn't realize I was doing but know now was I used to write fan fiction. About the Outsiders. So I would write all these stories of my own with the characters from The Outsiders, which is essentially what made me a writer. And I was sort of copying her style. Oh, that's Um, awesome, Tanya. I was in love with every single one of those boys. Oh, weren't they beautiful? Remember they were all in Tiger Beat? Yes, they were all in Tiger (laughs) Beat. And um, that movie just... And that's another one I got to share with the girls, and they got it. They totally loved it as much as that's I. That's awesome. And Audra's actually, she's read it. I read it to her, and she's actually reading it right now again for
1: Oh, school. nice.
0: Um, so I have Outsiders. Uh, actually, I think I've read through all of them except my final one. Um, so tell me. Okay, I'm just gonna yours. say some stuff that okay.
1: that uh, is on my. It's on my list, but um, and, and not in, in any particular order. I really loved Get Out. Um and get out was um really the fact that Jordan Peele made the movie, <laughs> right. um uh, got the money to do it, yeah. and I thought that it was brilliant. Yeah. Um, get out. Uh, twenty eight days later, uh, a horror apocalyptic sort of Ooh. zombie movie, and I thought that that was um very exciting, very scary, and one of the first zombie movies yeah, that yeah. I remember.
0: So my um, top and last one for this round, um, which technically should have been E.T. or The Outsiders, (laughs) but whatever, um, is the color purple. Oh, yes. Which, you know, strangely is... um, I did in the first season of Tanya's Take this whole exploration of like Alice Walker's experience with the color purple, having her story told by a white man, and what you know, uh, exploring um, what she went through throughout that entire process, and the controversy in terms of the backlash from the black community because of how the men are portrayed in the book and the movie, and it's a very complicated, complicated piece. Um, it is my favorite for a number of reasons. Um, It introduced us to Whoopi Goldberg's depth. Mm. Um, Her performance is stunning in that. She should have won. She did not beat somebody ridiculous at that point. I'm still angry about it. She should have won for that. That's why they gave it to her for Ghost. Um, Although she's hilarious in Ghost. Uh, And Oprah Winfrey, Mm -hmm. um, iconic role. Um, Danny Glover is stunning in that. But also, um, you know, it's such a a part of the... um, Of black culture, you know. um, uh, The sisters being torn apart. uh, Me and my sis, we got one heart. The song, Sister, You've Been on My Mind, Mm. connects me to my sister, Mm. Shug Avery. Um, So everything about that movie, that book, um, has such a big piece of my heart and is a big part of of my narrative. Mm -hmm. So um, if not one, it would be top three for sure
1: that's awesome and you know I just love the way you know these movies
0: <laughs> backwards
1: and forward and Thanks. you're able to really t- talk about how they touch your heart
0: thank you um, it is one of my joys it really is it
1: is one of mine too but yeah. I love the way that you take it in thank you um can can I be done with my list <laughs> <laughs> and can I just tell you about the ones now
0: yes, yes. except that we've Okay. So what I want to do to end is, can you pick one from now?
1: Okay. I'm going to say all three anyway. Okay. Capernaum, Jojo Rabbit, Rocketman, and Judy.
0: Nice. So these are 2019 films that stood out for Panola Pay.
1: And Capernaum is from
0: 2018. Oh, okay. Um, that's another one, by the way. Um Uh, 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 That's another nickname of mine for Penelope. The ones that stand (laughs) out for me, my two favorite movies of the year, The Farewell. Mm -hmm. Um, Beautiful story about a young woman and her grandmother and um, her family um, not telling the grandmother that she has cancer. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed Little Woman and I was so happy they didn't try to diversify it as some people critiqued. That story is about a bunch of white girls and that is okay. Right? <laughs> and I can find myself in there where I can. I proudly brought my two biracial daughters to it. Um, it was well told. It's a classic universal story. That's one I have not seen. Um, Smart came. I oh, watched that on a plane? So good. So funny. Um, Olivia Wilde. Didn't she direct it? She directed really it. Like she was really doing so some stuff.
1: I thought she was good. had a great hand on, on yeah.
0: On and then I also enjoyed Always Be My Maybe and Dead to Me on Netflix. Um, We're at the end. We clearly, as you could see, could go on forever. Penelope, I love you. I love you too. I love when I'm not wrong. And I knew that this would be an awesome episode. Uh, well, I don't think I have anything else to say other than you can um, follow at Tanya's Take on Instagram, like the Tanya's Take Facebook page, amplify these episodes, share them unabashedly, please. Be good to each other, lean into people's stories because that is where we can bond.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: <laughs> Maybe it'll be all right. Maybe you're all wrong. Amazing grace. Thank you, Lord. Bobblehead, Summer Pop. Work a lot. It's never sweet. Yes, it is. No, it's not. This whole flock is not ready.